How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penland, for our one po- podcast this week, joined by Ben Gorwitz. Ben, say what's up to the people on Wednesday, November 24th. Yeah, happy uh, Thanksgiving Eve to everyone. Oh, yeah. We appreciate everyone who's going to tune in with us on this fine Wednesday. We got a lot of sports this weekend. Fortunately, we couldn't get to the podcast last week. Uh, It was actually crazy. Ben's parents actually shut off his cell phone service during the middle of the podcast. So he had to go figure that out. We had about half of it recorded. I tried to do it on my own. I couldn't find the mojo. But, hey, we're going to give you all the best of both worlds today. We're going to talk about the CFB playoff. We're going to talk about um, Dan Mullen getting fired. We're going to talk about the Chiefs. And we're going to talk about all this weekend's biggest matchups all crammed together for you all on this fine Wednesday. Ben, first thing before we get started, what's your favorite uh, Thanksgiving side? Mm, I'm a big stuffing fan. I really am. I think it's great. Um, put, a little, put a little gravy on the side, dip it in a little bit, uh, you know. I do. We do mashed potatoes. Sometimes we do mac and cheese and potatoes. Uh, I'm a big green bean casserole. So green bean casserole or stuffing, I would say. Hey, I like the non mac and cheese or mashed potatoes answer that I was expecting something or other of those two. Um, I actually saw a lot of hate on my Twitter timeline today about stuffing. So interesting. You chose that one. I was kind of thinking about it too. I was like, dude, stuffing's underrated. Honestly, if that many people think it's terrible. My uncle puts a little like sausage chunks in it too. It's delicious. Hey, there we go. Yeah, I like the stuffing. Honestly, I, I'm going to go non-mainstream. I'm going to go with the cranberries. It also just depends on how you make them. But if you make it Jello style, I mean, it's always good. I like the nuts in them, believe it or not. I'm one of those psychopaths. But I do like my uh, cranberries. Um, anyway, though, let's get down to it here. Let's start things off. I guess let's go ahead and start off with the big news that dropped last night. And that is Cincinnati is now in the final four. The new ranking is number one, Georgia, two, Ohio State, three, Alabama, four, Cincinnati. Um, Michigan is ranked five. Um, ben, do you have any beef with the, with the final four? Or do you think they got it right finally? No, I think the final four, they got it exactly right. I don't have an issue Bama dropping. Uh, Ohio State beat the the better team. Ohio State beat Michigan State while uh, Bama beat Arkansas. I have a little beef with the Heisman, but I don't really care about it that much. I'd rather Bama win the national championship than Bryce Young win the Heisman. I, I'll just be quick on the Heisman. Like, C.J. Stroud had an unbelievable day, like one of the best days any quarterbacks had all year. And his game played first, and I even texted you, like, hey, I think Stroud just – kind of locked up the Heisman. Yeah. But then Bryce Young went for 560 plus yards or 559 yards mm-hmm. and five touchdowns. So I don't know what he did to lose it, but I don't really care because if he plays well against Auburn, beats Georgia, then I think it's his anyway. Um, back to the final four. I think they got it exactly right. My only beef was actually outside of the top four. I, I don't see how Oklahoma State is behind Notre Dame. I, I don't like that because that leaves a window that Notre Dame can still get in. I don't think they deserve to get it. Oh, yeah. No, I I think I know why Oklahoma State is behind Notre Dame. It's one, because Notre Dame's yet to play technically the best opponent on their schedule all season long, which is Oklahoma, and they put a pretty weak out-of-conference schedule. But the other reason why, too, is just think about how much more revenue they get from Notre Dame than Oklahoma State. That's what it feels like to me is so they can have that excuse to throw Notre Dame in there. But I think if Oklahoma State is able to run the table, they'll be able to get in there. But we can get down to that later on if we actually think they're going to to run the table. Um, I actually agree with you, though, Ben. I don't think that Bryce Young's getting the the love he deserves in the Heisman market or anything. I mean, we've seen it before in the past with kind of like the Tua and Kyler Murray thing with other situations. I would say this though, for you, if you actually think y'all have a shot at beating Georgia next week, 
maybe you can get better odds taking Bryce Young to uh, win Heisman just because, you know, he'd probably be, win the Heisman Trophy if he comes out there and throws for four or five touchdowns next week. So that's honestly a pretty good derivative bet if you're looking to play it. I don't know if I'm, if it's something I'm going to bet, but I definitely think it has a lot of value. Um, anyway, though, back to kind of the Cincinnati thing. Look, I personally wouldn't have put Cincinnati in yet. I would have made them wait one more week. I would have just put Michigan in there, not necessarily saying that I think Cincinnati's the better team or, more, or less de- or less deserving than Michigan. I just think that it would have made Michigan versus Ohio State that much bigger, you know. I mean, pretty because that game pretty much, you know, would have would have figured itself out either way. Either Ohio State or Michigan gets bounced, you know, from the Final Four. Then that's when you put Cincinnati in there. Can't say, though, that I have enough beef, though, to really complain about it other than that. I think the committee ultimately got it right, and it's kind of cool to see Cincinnati actually in there, the first Power 5 school ever to make it into the Final Four. A huge congrats to them. Um, I, it's still a top-five matchup. So two versus four, two versus five, there's there's really not a difference for me. No, yeah, you're definitely not you're not wrong about that one at all. Um, let's talk about Dan Mullen though. You know, this has been something that we kind of joked about in the past. We really didn't think it was actually gonna happen, but it has finally happened. Dan Mullen is now out as the head coach at the University of Florida. Um, we don't know really know who's gonna come in there and coach next. I mean, first off, I'll kind of start out with this. I mean, it's like we talked about on the last podcast, Ben. Dan Mullen sent the wrong message to his players after that player threw the shoe out of bounds and they lost to Alabama and got killed by Oklahoma. It all circles back to that. He said our goal was to play for a national championship. This game was basically a scrimmage for us. Then they come out and they lose to Alabama in a game they were in the whole time, and he basically his team reacted the same way. Like everything was a scrimmage, they're ready for next season. Now Anthony Richardson, he's he takes Florida out of his bio. Dan Mullen says he'll worry about recruiting in the off season. That's not what you want to hear when you're running a hot seat. You lose to Missouri, arguably the second worst team in the entire SEC. I mean, I think Dan Mullen got what he deserved coming. He basically just kind of – I think Dan Mullen honestly felt like he was underappreciated. And then once they were barking down his neck, he was just kind of like, F y'all, I'm going to go get a job somewhere else. I think Dan Mullen will be the head football coach at a decent college program or a head coach in the NFL next season. Yeah, I mean, he'll get a job. And it's it's kind of interesting. So Dan Mullen gets fired. I'm looking at it right now. Anthony Richardson, his bios is quarterback at the University of Florida. And it's already been announced that he's going to be a starter. Oh, against, he, he fixed uh, his bio? State Seminoles. Okay. He fixed his bio, and he's already been announced as a starter against your Florida State Seminoles. So, you know, he'll he'll stay. I think everything's happy there. Listen, Mullen's that guy. He talks a lot, and if he doesn't back it up, then he look like an idiot. And yep. I hate to say it. not I don't really hate to say it, but he looks like an idiot. Um, no, account, no accountability, like you said. He didn't take games seriously when he knew he was facing Alabama. He took that one seriously, lost. They didn't care about the bowl game. They got – who did they lose to in the bowl game? Do you remember? Uh, Oklahoma. Remember, they wore them out. You're right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just no accountability. Um, the demands at the University of Florida, the expectations are a lot higher. He didn't live up to them. Um, I would not have been shocked if they gave him one more year, but I think they're just tired of all his trash talking and not backing it up, to be honest with yeah. you. Um, and, and it's just time to move on. Florida. Listen, it's a top three, top four job in the country, so they can, they should go after whoever they want. I wouldn't be shocked. I don't. I would. I mean, why would you not go after Urban Meyer? You should make Urban Meyer tell you no. I, I think is the is is uh, my answer to that. I don't know, man. I don't know who they're going to get. It. Reports are saying Luke Fickle is is looking like he's telling recruits that he's staying. So it looks like he's going to stay at Cincinnati. That's what I was reading about today. Penn State already uh, signed James Franklin for a 10-year extension. I don't know, man. I mean, there's a lot of good coaches out there. I just – 
you know, I really hope to hire Bill O'Brien so I can make fun of Florida for the, for the next five, 10 years. You know, I think Bill O'Brien would be a decent hire, honestly. Let's talk about this logically, though, Ben. He would We've be. seen a revolving door at Florida for coaches basically ever since Urban Meyer left. He, Urban Meyer set the bar up here. Now everyone's bar is up here. Look, I personally think, first off, I would not take this job if I was any of these guys. Billy Napier is a hot name I've been hearing, the guy from UL Lafayette. Um, I can't remember the head coach for UTSA. He's another hot name, you know. I mean, even Matt Campbell's kind of a hot name, you know, out there on the on servicing. This could be a guy looking to move on. Look, if I'm any of these coaches, I'd rather go out west to USC than, than come here to Florida. I mean, think about it. You're going to be playing in the most stacked-up conference. I mean, the – the the um. The what, half what, of the stacked up conference. Yeah, half of a stacked up conference, and you know, like these, the like you're going to be held to such high standards. That's the word I couldn't think of. I wouldn't want anything to do with this job, and quite frankly, I think all these programs need to reevaluate the, the way they evaluate their coaches. You know, we've seen pretty much the same six or seven teams make the college football playoff over and over again. You shouldn't be firing a coach because they're not playing the playoff. Like I think Penn State probably did the right thing keeping around James Franklin. Realistically, if they let him go, who the hell are they going to get in there that's going to do a better job than James Franklin? You know. Well, and here's the thing. Florida's got to hire someone that's a really strong recruiter because you cannot keep allowing Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, even Ohio State, sometimes Texas. You can't keep letting these schools steal the best athletes Mm -hmm. out of the state of Florida. And I'll tell you what, the three major programs in the state of Florida, they're not that good right now. Florida, I mean, Florida was in the SEC championship, so they're not like horrible, but Florida State's been down for uh, a couple of years now, Miami. Good. I mean, I don't, they have been down for even longer than Florida state. So it's like these top athletes aren't staying in state. And that used to never happen when Spurrier was at Florida. That never happened when urban Meyer was at Florida. They have to keep the homegrown talent because that's one of the, that's one of the uh, better States of high school uh, football. Absolutely. And you know, when you look at it, the Florida States, the Miamis, the Floridas, they've been down and they've been losing all these recruits for that reason. You know, like you look at UCF, they're pulling all the two and three star recruits and they're doing a great freaking job with it because they're actually, because they have good recruiting, you know, and they're able to evaluate this talent that play on these stacked up teams. So I agree with you. Florida's got to get a guy in there who can actually access the pipeline. And, you know, they, I feel like they got to get somebody who wants to be there. Urban Meyer is a good name. You know, I think Urban Meyer would really want to be there, honestly. So you know, that's paid a lot in Jacksonville to kind of run the show, but you got to make him say no. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. If, shoot, if I'm Urban Meyer, I'm out of Jacksonville, man. That situation looks terrible. So I would definitely return to Florida if I was him. So we'll see what happens. There's a lot of things that can happen there, ultimately, with Florida. Let's move on, though, to the NFL part. We'll be back to college football later to discuss rivalry weekend. It's a big weekend. Um, ben, so, you know, we've had the discussion on here a couple times about Kansas City. Me and you never wanted to write them off as not being a playoff team. You know, we both said, I mean, I know I said it like it's kind of, you know, just like a reasoning of being out there. I wasn't exactly sold on it, but now I'm a little more sold on my idea. You know, Ben, this every, everything we watched these last couple of weeks led us back to Kansas City being the best team probably in the AFC at this point. If you had a gun to my head, I would pick Kansas City for sure to get through the AFC. But the thing that I feel like that, you know, I kind of called out that I didn't necessarily think was going to be true, but looks a lot more true. I feel like Kansas City, not saying they tanked these games against the other opponents in the AFC, really wanted to beat them. 
But I feel like they just literally walked out there and said, look, we're not going to give you our best look. We're probably going to see you guys in the playoffs. Why not? Let's have a fun shootout and see what happens on offense. You know, like I really feel like that's the way it was because these last couple of weeks with that defensive line, it looks insane. This Dallas offense has been unstoppable week in and week out. Don't get me wrong. They didn't have Amari Cooper. CeeDee Lamb went down in that game. They couldn't do anything, man. They couldn't even run the football. I mean, this defensive line is absolutely stacked up. Now you get Melvin Ingram and a healthy Frank Clark in there. You move Chase or Christian Jones back into his position. This Kansas City team looks different, man. Obviously, the offense hasn't been there, but that's because a lot of people have been making them dink and dunk. And I swear Mahomes throws the most unlucky interceptions in all of football. But I think Kansas City's back, man. They're not a team I want to play against. I mean, I wouldn't want to play them. Um I mean, the, the key thing is they got Melvin Ingram, which allowed Chris Jones, as you said, to move the defensive tackle, which is his more natural position. They have three and a half sacks yeah. against the Cowboys. You know, I'm not ready to say they're, like, fully back yet. Um, you know, they didn't beat a full Cowboys team. True. I, 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 you can't hold that against them necessarily, but it's a different offense when the Cowboys have Amari Cooper, when they have CeeDee Lamb. Zeke Elliott was out for part of the game. They didn't have Tyrone Smith. The left tackle is considered one of the best left tackles in football. I heard a stat that when he plays, when he starts, Dak Prescott's um, um, completion percentage is over 70% without Tyrone Smith playing left tackle. It's under 65%. So there's a difference when you have your big blind side covering your back, right? Um it, it's a good win nonetheless because the defense won them the game. I think you can rely on the offense to get going. I like what I saw from Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. They were able to get the yards after the catch mojo kind of back. But they're not fully back. Like, I I can't confidently say they're the best team in the AFC. Um, Who would you I take over them? Do it against, like, better teams. Yeah, I mean. They're not playing, they're not playing well, but but I'd still take the Bills. I can't I take Buffalo, formula, man. What they have, but see, they have no run game. That's the thing that scares me. You know, is a lot of these teams adjusted to this style of play where they're mostly just passing the ball. Like I've noticed, Kansas City when what, they started playing when you better. Play Kansas City. Well, you know, Kansas City has been running the ball the last couple of weeks a little bit better. You know, like their run game has looked a lot better and they've been getting these guys involved again on the ground. Like, I mean, even this week, like, I, like, um, what's it, Edwards Hilaire had some big runs. You know, he looks like he was next to worthless the lot before he got injured. Now he comes back, looks decent. They had that other running back. I can't think of his name in there as well. Gore, who was Williams. running the ball well. Yeah. And Williams. Yeah. They have Darrell Williams and that Gore guy too, the rookie. You know, I feel like that Kansas City has found a little more strength in their run game again. They're, they're more balanced than Buffalo. I just think if you play Kansas City, you can get them into a shootout game, and Buffalo can play a shootout game. Yeah, that is very true. I just want to see Kansas City's defensive line and see if they're able to put more pressure on Buffalo again. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, Kansas City's weakness is you can run the ball on them. Buffalo can't really run the football, you know? Like, their running backs have just put up terrible running numbers the last couple of weeks. I don't really believe in their running game. So, that's my thing, man. I, I wouldn't trust Buffalo. I, if I had to trust a team besides Kansas City – that's just such a tough question. It's so wide open. Call me crazy, but I would feel better about Tennessee or Indianapolis over Buffalo. No, I can't do Tennessee because I can't rely on Tannehill. I'd rather say the Patriots than them. Yeah, Tennessee's defense, though, looks a little better than Buffalo. But, you know, Buffalo was missing two guys. They were missing uh, Star Latule and one other guy on the other on the a linebacker, I think. So it will be interesting to see if they, you know, how different they look this week coming out versus the run. But I mean, Jonathan Taylor absolutely pieced them up last week. There's no excuses for how lackluster Buffalo's looked the last two weeks. Everyone knows Indy wants to run the football and they just keep running all over everyone. 
Oh, no, a- absolutely. I agree with you completely on that one. Um, anything else you want to talk about on this one before we get down to this week's big matchups? No, let's get into it. Let's do this thing, Ben. So, time permitting, Ben, we will have time to talk about a couple other games, such as the Iron Bowl, which I know you would like to say a few words about. I actually have some good thoughts on that one, too. Um, let's get into it, though. Let's start things off. You know what? We'll go in, in order of these games kicking off. It's going to be a hell of a day. Got even a little college football at the end of the day, which is going to be a pretty good matchup, too. Um, but, yeah, man, let's break this thing down. So let's go ahead and start off here at 1230 on Fox. It'll be the kickoff between the Chicago Bears and the 0-9 Detroit Lions. Lions are a three-point home dog, over-under set at 42. What do you think on this one? I saw a stat like the over has hit like 11-3 and three in the last uh... – 14, 15 uh, Lions Thanksgiving game. So I don't know if I can trust Andy Dalton. It seems like Goff is going to be back. I'm taking the home. I would take the home dog here. Um, I would even sprinkle on Lions money line. Call me crazy. You can call me crazy, but the Bears defense is nothing, especially without Khalil Mack. Um, If the Lions are going to win any game, I think this is, this might be their best shot. So I would, I would take Lions plus three at home and I would sprinkle the money line. Okay. Um, Ben, I'm going to have to go opposite with you on this one, actually. So it is not conf- – actually, yeah, Jared Goff is now projected fantasy points. I looked earlier in that other – I can't even remember what their other quarterback's name was. He was the one projected Tim fantasy Boyle. points. Tim Boyle. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me. Tim Boyle, Jared Goff. Really, what's the difference at this point? Jared Goff's bottom thir- – he's bottom 28 quarterbacks in the league, bottom four. I don't trust Jared Goff at all in this game. I don't under- I've pretty much seen everybody locking in on them. I kind of like the Bears here, man. Look, it's probably Matt Nagy's last game that he ever coaches for this team. I expect the team to kind of go out there, you know, and play hard for it. You could say they might give up on him. I think the Bears will come out here and have a little bit of pride whatnot. The defense is still decent. You know, you still got Robert Quinn on that other end. You still got Akeem Hicks up the middle. I just don't. I just don't really buy in this Lions team. You know, there's a reason why they've been 0-9 all year. Yeah, they're hungry for a win here. I just don't think this is the spot where that they come out and get the win. I think they end up losing this game. I got the I got Bears minus three, man. Look, I watched the Bears' first couple games. I actually think they're better with Andy Dalton in there. Allen Robinson will be out, but you got Montgomery. You're going to be able to run the ball on this Lions defense that is absolutely terrible. I think Andy Dalton can do enough. I think the Lions – or I think the Bears win this game 20-14. to 14. Definitely think it's going to be an ugly one for sure. Um, next game up here, which is a little bit better of a matchup. I mean, that's just, that's just absolutely terrible. I'm getting starting to get tired, man, of watching the lions every single Thanksgiving with how bad they've been, but we've got the Las Vegas Raiders on the road playing the Dallas Cowboys at four 30 on CBS Dallas, a seven and a half point home favorite over under at 51 and a half. Anything on this? I think I'm going to lay off this game. Listen, the Raiders, their last three games, they're averaging 16 points per game. Derek Carr has completely lost control of the offense. It's, it's not really his fault. There's just a ton of distractions between Gruden, the Henry Ruggs situation. I never thought Henry, taking Henry Ruggs out of this offense would completely slow them down, but scoring 16 points per game in the last three games, that's definitely not going to get it done against the Cowboys. My only thing is the Cowboys aren't healthy. Amari um, Cooper's ruled out. Um, CeeDee Lamb's questionable still. Zeke is playing, but there's a chance he gets hurt once again because it's an ankle injury. Um, I haven't heard if Tyrone Smith is back yet. I think he's still a game-time decision or questionable, so I, I can't touch this game. If I had to, I would take the Raiders, but it's I don't feel like confident in that at all. Ben, I'm going to agree with you on this one. Look, 
I'm going to say this. If this Lions game and this Raiders game were not on Thanksgiving Day, I probably wouldn't even touch these games, honestly. For the sake of it being Thanksgiving Day, I want action, and I want action all day. I'm going to take the Raiders here. I'm going to risk it on them. Look, I look at this game as the Raiders have played bad the last couple of weeks, but still, though, you can look at look at on analytics websites and on Vegas. They'll update teams' win, over-unders on wins this season. The Raiders have five wins. They're still projected seven and a half wins, so not much has changed. I think seven and a half is just too many points. Like For all the reasons you said, Dallas is very banged up. It's a short week. I mean, the Raiders got to be pissed, man, after that performance last week. Dallas got to be a little pissed off, too. I just feel like the Raiders come out here, man, and keep it within seven and a half. Seven and a half is too many points for me with all the offensive injuries they have, especially without Tyron Smith out there. The Raiders' defensive unit has actually played pretty well this year. It's been the offense that's been up and down. Whenever the offense shows up, the Raiders win. The defense has showed up every week. I think Max Crosby and company gives Dallas all kinds of problems. I think Dallas ends up winning this game like 23-20 or something like that. This game typically is not a good game. I think this year we get the good, good game out of this hour. Um, last game on here, this one was canceled last year and they played it on a Tuesday night. It's pretty weird with how everything got matched up. But the last game here is the Buffalo Bills six-point favorites coming in at 820 to the Superdome in a night game. Over understood at four and a half. Anything from you on this one, Ben? Hmm. I mean, Kamara's out. Uh, you can't I can't take the Saints without Kamara. So I'm gonna go the other way with the Bills. I think I, I don't like it. Um, but with Kamara out, I don't know what Sean Payton can even call for this team that they can execute at a high level. I don't even care who plays quarterback, Trevor Simeon, or the guy who just keeps getting paid for not doing much. Um, what's his name? Swiss Army knife. I'm blanking on it now. Oh, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill just keeps getting paid. He got an extension again. Um, Without Kamara, I, I can't trust this team. So I, I would lean with the Bills, but I, I don't love it. So this is the one that I'm having trouble with. Look, I know this one meets my main criteria here for my classic fade the public move right here with this game. Look, the Bills have played absolutely lackluster the last two weeks. It's just been absolutely terrible to see them as six-point favorites in New Orleans in a night game. I mean, New Orleans already one of the best home fields in the NFL. Bills are getting 65% of the handle right now. Bills I, travel, though. There's going to be a lot of Bills fans there. Bills Mafia does travel. I don't know about the slums of that shithole they call New Orleans, man. <laughs> I don't know if anybody wants to spend their Thanksgiving down there. I hope Saints fans are listening and are offended by that because your city is, ter- is terrible. But anyway, although I do enjoy your bars, I will say that. But anyway. And food. I, I, I feel like without Kamara in there, man, it, it's gotta. Yeah, they do have great food. It's, uh, I don't want to do it, but I think I'm going to end up doing it. Look, I'm going to say, put it this way. I don't think there's going to be much pushback throughout the day. I think it'll climb up to seven. I'm not going to bet this one yet. I'm going to wait to see if a seven pops up. I'll probably end up grabbing the six or possibly the under, like you said. Under feels like a pretty strong play in this game. Look, I just feel like the Saints, man, in the night game where nobody wants to bet them, I feel like that's the perfect scenario for the Saints to come out here and cover. The last two weeks with Trevor Simeon in there, they've actually taken a lot of money in Vegas, and they haven't covered. I disagreed with all of it, but they didn't cover. You know, now nobody wants to bet them. Everybody's lining up to bet the Bills. What have the Bills done the last two weeks to deserve to get this? That's my kind of way I look at this game. It's nighttime, primetime. I would play the Saints or nothing, man. I just feel like it's going to be a low-scoring, ugly game. Sean Payton can keep it inside seven which is what i'm hoping it'll grow to throughout the day and the saints have a pretty good defense but they got run all over by jalen hurts and the eagles last week i think they've got to be pissed off a little bit the under is probably not a bad play 
Yeah, not at all, man. I think you might have sold me on that under. I'm honestly going to wait. I'll, I'll lose a couple points of value on the under while I still think about with this one and what I'm going to do with it. Last game on the card here. I honestly love this game. If this game was on Saturday, I would 150% still be betting it. I have already bet it. Let's talk about it, man. Number 12, Ole Miss plays um, number 25, Mississippi State in Starkville. Mississippi State, two-and-a-half-point home favorite. Um, the over-under on this one's at 64-and-a-half. Ben, there's only one way for me to play this one, man. Give me the dogs. I yeah. love Mississippi State here in this one, man. Look, those cowbells are going to be ringing. It's going to be an 8 p.m. game. It's going to be a bunch of drunk people at this game. They're going to be going absolutely crazy. This rivalry has a lot of steam. The fact you have Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin here. Lane Kiffin did say in his interview, everybody love everybody. There's rumors that Lane Kiffin could be on the move to go to another school, possibly Florida, possibly LSU, possibly probably not USC. But there is also rumors that a lot of teams are interested in getting Lane Kiffin out of there. Look, they've had a great season. They've been pretty beat up. This defense is terrible, man. Mississippi State, Will Rogers, that quarterback, he can move the ball. Mike Leach's air raid has worked. Also, too, this team can play defense, too. There's a good team. They play well at home. I think Mississippi State comes out here and gets a massive win. I mean, this is rivalry weekend, man. There's a reason why the number 25 team is ranked over the number 12. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I think Mississippi State wins this game 38-35, and we cover by the so half. So real quick, something I heard, Scott Strickland, who's the athletic director at Florida, not a big fan of Lane Kiffin. So I would be very shocked okay. if Lane Kiffin gets that job. I think LSU or, or Miami, if Diaz ends up getting fired, are probably the more likely options if Kiffin moves. Uh, but back to this game, this is one of my favorite rivalries in college football. It's, it's absolutely one of the best rivalries. First of all, you have a celebration where, a, where it's happened twice. DK Metcalf did it, and then – couple years ago where a dude scored a touchdown for Ole Miss and decided to lift his leg like a dog who's peeing in some grass to get uh, an excessive celebration and then they missed the extra point this is just the greatest rivalry I'm taking the Mississippi State Bulldogs as the home underdog I'm also going to take the over because Ole Miss can score a lot of points as we know Mississippi State likes to throw the ball I would I'm expecting Will Rogers to have over 40 pass attempts in this game Ole Miss's defense is not great, especially the second half. Their offense has kind of fallen asleep in, in uh, recent weeks. I'm going to take the over in Mississippi State. Let's go, Ben. I love it. We're both on the same page there. Uh, look, I don't hate that overplay at all either. Only thing is there could be wins, I heard, in the second in the second half. That's the only reason why I'm laying off the over. But I agree with you, man. This one's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a fun game. Wouldn't even be shocked to see you go to overtime like some of the other. Yeah, you're right. This game's always crazy, man. We're always thinking about these NFL games. These games are always absolutely insane. I remember a couple years ago, I was at a Falcon-Saints game when the dude did the leg lift up. And I remember I was, like, watching it. It was such, like, an ass whooping. I was, like, standing by the bar by the field watching the game and watching the Falcons game at the same time um let's talk a little bit about you know we got some big rivalry games man we got to talk about them now we have we talked about it earlier we have Michigan we have Ohio State classic hate rivalry number four Ohio State on the road in Ann Arbor facing number six Michigan both teams 10 and one on the season oh sorry number two yeah I don't know why my thing says number four it's thing is whack but anyway Ohio State's a seven and a half point road favorite over under set at 64 and a half Ben, what say you on this game? I don't think I can take it, but I think the over is is a little too high there. It, Michigan's defense is a lot better than Michigan State's. I'll tell you that. Ohio State should not score the ball as easily as they did against Michigan State or as against past Michigan teams. 
Um, the reason why I would lean the under is because of Michigan's lack of big play offense plus their defense. Put on my card. Under 64 is what I'm going to take in this game. Um, I would take Ohio State minus seven. I think that's an easy pick, but I think Michigan's defense is for real. Um, I think they can keep it close. I don't think Michigan can win this game. Like I, I, I don't see a scenario where Michigan wins this game. I don't feel confident in the sides. So I'm going to take under 64 because I think that's a lot of points. Yeah, um, I agree with you on that side, Ben. The only thing I'm waiting on is there should, there's supposed to be weather, so I'm going to wait and double-check that weather out. But look, I think Michigan it reminds me a lot of the Oregon team that beat Ohio State. I'm going to play devil advocate here first. So part of me says – so you can look at it this way. You can look at it as Ohio State – runs a spread offense that Michigan has not faced all year. Michigan, I mean, even their out-of-conference teams they've faced. They didn't play any explosive offenses. You can look at it as Ohio State has a chance here to blow the doors off a bitter rival as usual. I'm going to look a little more towards the other side. I don't feel confident enough just because I haven't seen Michigan play against this type of offense, and I'm not sure. I think Michigan's defense might be able to push Ohio State around a little bit up front because they're probably the best defensive front they've seen besides Oregon this season. On top of that, I think Michigan, if they just go in there and ground and pound like Oregon did with C.J. Verdell against this team, I think they have a chance to keep it inside the number. You're seven and a half point, so you're catching over a touchdown as a top five team in the nation in a rivalry game at your house. This line just feels straight up disrespectful. Everyone and their mom is betting Ohio State right now. They have 70% of the handle right now. And this game I, means something for both Exactly. Teams. And this game means something. Michigan has got their ass busted so many times by Ohio State. They're actually a respectable football team. You know, we've said they suck. I mean, don't get me wrong. Compared to the teams that usually make the Final Four, they definitely do suck. But this Michigan team, for what college football is, is definitely a top eight team in the nation. I think Michigan keeps it close here, and they play a tight play, give Ohio State all they want more. I really think this is going to be a damn good game. I really want to bet Michigan. I haven't gotten the balls yet. I'm probably going to take that under, though. I do want action in this game. Michigan, to me, though, seems like a good contrary dog. I, I told you last year, I said I can't take Michigan in this game until until they prove that they can play in a competitive game. So I'm not going to take a side, but I'll take a total. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, there's been a lot of ops, a lopsided uh, mat, um, rivalry matchups, Ben, and like with the one we're about to talk about here next, another rivalry matchup has been very lopsided. We're going to go to the Red River rivalry here. or Sorry, not the Red River rivalry. I knew I was going to make that mistake. We're going to Bedlam. We're going out to Stillwater, Oklahoma. N- number um, seven, Oklahoma State plays number 10, Oklahoma. Oklahoma State, four and a half point home favorite. Over under at 50 and a half. I'll go first on this one. First thing I'm going to say here is, look, Oklahoma's won this rivalry. They're 90 and 13 all time in this rivalry. 90 and 13. I couldn't believe it. I heard that stat though in multiple spots. So I'm going to believe it. Oklahoma State does not win this game, guys. They do not win this game. I think Oklahoma State is the better team. They have the better defense. I mean, this defense ranks inside the top 10 in college football. Oklahoma hasn't faced a defense like that all year. Baylor and, um, and Iowa State do not compare. Look, Oklahoma's offense isn't in jack shit the last two weeks against these two defenses. Um, the, it has just been stagnant, the offense they've run. Caleb Williams got his hand stepped on. He doesn't look right either. I personally don't think Oklahoma can cover here in this spot, but at the same time, they always dominate this rivalry. But what I do think all that leads me to is this Oklahoma offense had got defensive scores last week. They did nothing. I'm going under here, man. I think Oklahoma State mm-hmm. wins this game like like – 
24-20 or something like that. I think it's a low scoring in the 40s game. I wouldn't even be shocked if it's even uglier than that. I think this could be a hell of a game, hard-fought defenses and dominate. Give me the under. I'm joining you on the under. Uh, Oklahoma hasn't had the big play offense they've had under Lake and Riley. One of the best defenses in the country, one of the most underrated defenses in the country uh, in Oklahoma State. I think Gundy really, really wants this one. Um, Spencer Sanders is already complaining. I don't know if you heard his press conference. He's like, I already know what's going to happen. You know, I'm not going to say my team's going to lose this game, but which means he thinks they're going to win and still not get into the playoff. Dude, just shut up and win. Yeah. You know what? Because if you win this game, you win the Big 12. Would they play Baylor in the Big 12 championship? They would play Baylor in the Big 12 championship. So you beat Oklahoma, you beat Baylor, you're in. Don't worry about it. Just win the game that's in front of you. Um, I can't take a side in this because I just – I'm taking the under. I, I can't take a side. I can't trust this offense from Oklahoma State, and I can't trust Oklahoma all year. Um, so I'm going to go with the better defense in this game, Oklahoma State. I'll take the under as well. Perfect. I like that one, Ben. That's going to be a fun one to watch. You know, let's talk about a few other of these games real quick before we get out of here. That was really like my official play to give up for the weekend. I'm still been working. Usually like Thursday, Fridays when I lock in all my football bets, it's just still a day too early, honestly, for me to really play much. Um, Let's go ahead and talk about this one then, man. Let's go ahead and talk about the Iron Bowl, Auburn versus Alabama. Alabama fell in the rankings one spot this week. Alabama is going to be pissed off playing in a huge rivalry game. We always see go crazy when it's in Jordan Hare, which is where it's at this year. 19-point favorite for Auburn, over under 56. Look, I mean, for Alabama, they're 19-point favorites. Sorry. I can't touch this game. And, look, this is my reasoning why. Something crazy always happens with Auburn and Jordan Hare. TJ Finley in there at quarterback, he's not going to do anything, though. I don't have any faith in Auburn, especially with the way they played last. All they did get robbed last week against South Carolina. That was not a fumble. That was one of the worst reviews I've seen. But at the same time, I just don't want anything to do with this Auburn team, man. They're not playing good football anymore. They've definitely fallen off. Three weeks ago, I would have loved them in this spot. I absolutely hate this spot now. At the same time, though, Alabama's not going to want to get anybody hurt. They have a huge game against Georgia next week. Alabama's underperformed in all the spots where we thought they absolutely just blow the doors off their team. They could need style points, though, you know, for the College Football National Championship. I really have no idea what's going to happen here. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that it's a look-ahead spot. I think Alabama is going to get the second and third string in there early. Auburn backdoors this one late and loses like 49 to like 23. I'm not going to take it in this game. I'm just going to watch it, probably nervously. Um, (laughs) There was, you know, I'll mention this just real quick. Um, There was sad news coming out of Tuscaloosa yesterday. One of the most famous beat writers in all of the state of Alabama, Cecil Hurt, has been covering Alabama athletics since 1982. Uh, unfortunately, passed away at the age of 62 from a, a bad case of pneumonia. Um, I think Auburn is going to do some kind of tribute for him because he was just so recognized in the state of Alabama, even though he covered uh, just the University of Alabama. I, You know, you can look at the quotes from Saban. You can look at the quotes from the SEC commissioner, the BAM athletic director, Nate Oates, this guy just meant a lot to the university. He's, he's like an institution at the school. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of statue or some kind of plaque that goes outside of uh, kind of like the Tuscaloosa News Center where he worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to the game, Alabama's running back, Brian uh, Robinson Jr., is from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. He's got a tremendous quote about what he talks about pregame uh, in the last three years. I'll say it again this year. This game means everything to the state of Alabama. And for, for a newcomer, especially from a guy from the West Coast like Bryce Young, he's from California. 
he didn't grow up in this rivalry. And they asked him, um, you know, what was, when did you come to the school and realize like how much this, this rivalry meant to people? He said, I was in a Walmart and this guy was decked out in Auburn gear and everyone in the store was giving him dirty looks. He said, it means more here. And I know that's an SEC slogan saying whatever. This is like bragging rights for 365 days a year for the entire state. This is a bitter rivalry between fans. This Alabama's going to come out to play in this game, but I can't trust them to blow anyone out because they just haven't really done it. I think Brian Robinson has a big day. I think Bryce has a big day, um, but I can't. I just can't trust Alabama to to cover the spread. Ben, that was some great info on the game. I love how you went deep on that rivalry right there. I agree with you, man. I really think I, I agree with you on everything. I miss the days when this game was on Fridays. That was awesome, man. When this was on Fridays at like three thirty on CBS, that was awesome when they used to do that with it. But it'll still be a fun one to watch. I mean, I always tune into that one, no matter what the spread is. Auburn could be thirty point dogs. I'm still going to watch it. That's for sure. Um, all right. Um, I'm trying to think, what other games should we talk about? I, you know, I, I, wanna, I, I like the I like the Civil War. I don't know if we can still call it that. I don't know if that offends anyone. I don't mean to, but Oklahoma, Oregon State and Oklahoma, in Oregon. How do you not take Oregon State in this game? They've been a wagon all year as a dog. I wish that this game, um, I wish that they were home. I believe it's at Oregon. I believe, yeah, it's at Oregon. If Oregon State's home, they're five and zero at home. Unfortunately, they're not. I don't know what to expect at Oregon. Like, do you do they come out pissed off, or? Are they just kind of done and fold over? I, I would. I'm leaning Oregon State with the points in this game. That'll be the free bet that I kind of give out this week. I think it's plus seven Oregon State. Um, that would be. That's a rivalry that it kind of. It means a lot in in the Pacific uh, Northwest. So I would take the Beavers again. Yeah, I actually have been thinking about this one as well. I think I like the Beavers as well. Honestly, I think I'm probably going to end up playing it plus seven. The crazy thing would be Oregon loses this game, man. They ain't going to the they ain't going to the uh, Pac-12 championship game anymore. So there's a little something. It interesting. means a lot, yeah. Yeah, exactly. This I think, game, and I think Oregon State controls their own destiny. I think if they win, they're in. You know what this could be, Ben? This game could lead to the unraveling of Mario Cristobal. There, he already saw how close he got. And he could get it done <laughs> at Oregon. He might be out of there to one of these bigger schools if they come offering the right amount of money. You know, he's definitely a hot prospect. A lot of people are going to want him. Miami's his alma mater. Mm-hmm. That's one thing to always think about. Um, all right. Last game that I want to talk about here on here for rivalry weekend. Look, there's a lot of good rivalries. A lot of them are lopsided. Let's talk about two of them actually real quick. One of them that'll be going on in my backyard in Atlanta, Georgia is Georgia versus Georgia tech, Georgia 35 point favorite. Oh, I can't let me triple check what the over under is while I sit here and talk about it real quick. Look, I'm going to go ahead and give you all some advice. I would not touch this game with a 10 foot pole, man. Look, Georgia tech is absolutely terrible. Georgia has no motivation here with Alabama on deck. It's exactly like Alabama having no motivation as well. 35 and a half points is a lot. I love how it's 35 and a half, you know, because you could win by five touchdowns here and still not cover at the same time though. I don't even know if Georgia tech scores a touchdown. I wish the over under was in the sixties. It's at 54 and a half. I would lean towards the under. I don't know if Georgia tech's going to do anything here at the same time though. Georgia tech has been scrappy against better opponents this season. I don't think Georgia's going to be having any of that. I think they smacked the shit out of them. Anything you want to say on that? There's a chance George Pickens is back. 
That is, hey, that is a big point right there. Um, by the way, I can't believe they still call this game a rivalry. I mean, it's been going on my entire lifetime. Georgia Tech in like my lifetime, I think, has won like two or three times. So I don't even understand how that game is really still a rivalry at this point. <laughs> Hasn't even been close the last couple of years. Um, the last one though that I want to talk about here, y'all know I couldn't get the whole podcast without mentioning it. My Florida State, yeah, Ben already knew before I even got the words out of my mouth. My Florida State Seminoles. Down in the swamp, taking on the Florida Gators. Ben, can we get it done this week? These two and a half point dogs. Yeah, yeah I love this pie. I absolutely love what Norvell's been preaching in press conferences to his team this week. This means a lot more than to Norvell than I think it does to some interim coach uh, at Florida that has the chance of not even being there um, after this game or after the bowl game. Um, is Jordan Travis still starting? Yeah, Jordan Travis will be out there. Yeah. Uh, I, I. What's the spread of this game? Two and a half. Florida State plus two and a half. Yeah, I love that home under. I was hoping they were going to be the home underdog. Uh, I like the home underdog here. I, I even, no, Florida State's on the road. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. In the swamp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I still like Florida State in this game. I would even sprinkle Florida State money line, to be honest with you. I think – and you know what's amazing about this game? And I'll let you talk about it here in a second. Both of the – one of these teams is not going to a bowl game. Oh, yeah. No, that was what I was going to mention. This is a battle to be bowl eligible here. Give me Florida State, man. Norvell knows he needs this game to get this pro- to build this program. This means a lot for recruits, if I had to guess, uh, for the for the in-state recruits that are deciding between these. They're both unbelievable atmospheres when they're at home. I think I think Nor- Norvell knows it means a lot. And I think his, his boys are going to be ready for it. Give me Florida State plus two and a half and I'm going to sprinkle the money line. Yeah, Ben, you make a great point. We did, we lost to Jacksonville State this year. We did not give up a single time. Last week was the epitome of us not giving up. Going in there after a big win against Miami when you're sitting fat and happy. Norvell knows how to motivate this team. I look back on his press conference after we got our ass kicked by Wake Forest, and he said, yeah, I'm not happy about that. He said, nobody's happy about it. He said, what are we going to do? Are we going to complain about it? No, we're going to go out and practice our asses off, basically, is what he said. He did not give up on this season ever. This team is not giving up on this season. I think Florida State comes out here and blows the doors off him. The thing is, Dan Mullen fired a lot of his uh, staff as well throughout the season. Like, I know he fired the defensive coordinator. He fired, like, two other coaches along with him. So, I mean, Florida pretty much has no staff left for this game. Only reason why I'm not betting it, though, is because Florida State is getting all the public action. All the sharp action is all over Florida. I can't say that I agree with it, though. I really think Florida's thrown in the towel and given up here. I think Florida State goes in there in the swamp and absolutely embarrasses them and goes to get, you know, because like like I said, man, we're on a revenge tour this year. We see all these teams that usually beat the crap out of us. Not that good. Like, for example, Miami, they beat us by 50 last year, embarrassed us. Clemson. They didn't. We skipped the game, but the last two years they beat us by fifty. You know, Florida. Florida's beaten us by fifty the last two years. This is another revenge spot. Mike, Mike Norvell has been taking notes. He's tired of it. We put our foot down here and we start winning the state for a recruiting battle with this win and 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 uh the swamp. I like the Knolls to win outright. I probably won't bet this game, but you can be damn sure I'll be watching. Yeah, I don't know if like the whole giving up factor is that only when Mullins the coach. Um, because it is a new message that they're going to get yep. pregame. I, I don't know how much that plays into effect. I just think at this moment, Florida State, you, you I can't definitively say Florida's the better team. 
Yeah, I mean, Florida gave up like 50 or 40 points the other week to Samford. I mean, they got Missouri is Missouri is abysmal. If you look at Missouri's defensive numbers, like they're actually pathetic. And I'm not even saying that to try to make Florida sound bad. Like I remember I bet on Missouri against Texas A&M and I was like, damn, that game was never even close. And they put up Missouri's defensive numbers in the game. I was like, holy shit. Why didn't I look at this? I could have just saved myself self a hundred bucks, you know, like literally their defense is terrible. It is terrible, Ben. I, I think – I just don't see it, man, with the Gators here. I'm not going to buck the Sharps. This game I already am going to enjoy watching enough, but Florida State beat their ass. Ben, anything else from you before we get out of here? I don't think so, man. Ben, I'm excited for this weekend. Excited for a great uh, weekend of football. Ben and everyone who tuned in, happy Thanksgiving, guys, and we'll see you all again on Monday.